the advice given during this podcast is common knowledge and opinion based. Tish is not a licensed professional. Welcome to episode 5 of Talking with Tish. I just want to say I hope everybody's taking care of themselves during this pandemic. I know it's tough out here. Everybody's in different situations, but just take care of yourself physically and mentally because I know it's crazy out here. Um, But let's get into the song of the day. I went ahead and picked Let It Go by Summer Walker. That's off her new project. Uh, well, her new EP that she just put out. Um, if you know anything about me, you know I love me some Summer Walker. Of course, she's super emotional, super tied into relationships and everything. So, I mean, I would say I'm a day two fan. In context, you know, people say they're day one fans. But I wouldn't say I'm day one, but I'm definitely not new. So, I say I'm a day two fan. But uh, let's jump into these good old questions. All right. So the first question comes from Devin. So Devin's email says, my girlfriend and I were together for four years and then we split two months ago. To be clear, I instigated the breakup and she put it as she didn't see it coming. She took it super hard and she was highly stressed out. She took it worse than I thought she would. We have just recently decided to talk and see whether we can try to work things out by going to therapy. She then told me before she wants to get any help, she needs me to know that she slept with an ex-boyfriend two weeks after we split up. I know I broke up with her and we weren't together and she was free to do whatever she pleased including have sex with someone new. When she told me I didn't get mad at her at all, I was just really devastated. I told her I wasn't mad, but that it it just really hurt. She said she stopped halfway and went home and feels really upset about it. She kept saying how she was hurt that I suddenly dropped her and broke up with her, and she didn't plan on it. She was super drunk and things just happened. Now, I know things just don't happen, but I also highly doubt she planned on it. It's such a confusing position to be in because I know I can't hold it against her since I'm the one who broke it off with her. We were technically broken up, but my my God, it stings. It feels like betrayal, but it isn't. It feels like I meant nothing to her after four years of being together and just two weeks after breaking up. It just hurts and I don't know what to do. I know I need to either call it quits and move on or let it go. And be at peace with it. I know it won't happen overnight, but I need advice. Thank you. All right, Devin. So I would just say first, you have to decide whether you can let it go if you can live with it. I mean, you said it yourself, you broke up with her unexpected to her unexpectedly, right? So after four years, you just break up with her, no explanation, no nothing. I mean, of course, relationships aren't perfect and things happen, but you just broke up with her out of nowhere, basically. Um, So 
she was kind of in that grieving stage, I'm guessing. Um, she definitely used her ex-boyfriend as a rebound. And obviously, I mean, she said she stopped midway in between. Um, so she definitely felt felt bad about it. So it's really up to you. You were the one who caused, you know, not caused her, but if you hadn't broken up with her, then there will probably be nothing to worry about. Of course, things don't just happen. And they probably were just like hanging out or something. She got drunk. And then, you know, one thing led to another. But, <laughs> I mean, it's just your natural reaction of jealousy to feel like that and feel torn. I mean, I, I would just think like, what was the reason for breaking up? Is it worth it? Like, is it something you feel like y'all can get over? Um, if you do go to therapy, even taking that to therapy might help as well. Some of your issues with kind of what happened when you guys were not together. Um, two months is definitely not enough time to basically see any change and basically figure out if you guys are even ready to jump back into things. So I would say just, I mean, think about that first. I think there therapy will definitely help with even the issues that you had before the reason why you guys broke up and even possibly helping you get over the hump that you know you're really you feel torn or you feel like she didn't care for you for four years just because she had sex with her ex I mean she just used him as a as a as a rebound and to be honest, you kind of brought it on yourself. You just broke up with her out of nowhere. So you can't really be mad. Like you said, y'all were broken up. You can't really be mad. All right. The next question comes from Lorenzo. And so Lorenzo says, Hey Tish, my name is Lorenzo. I'm wondering how do I stop feeling ashamed when I'm the only one wearing a mask? When I'm out and about, I see very few people wearing masks. Adults, children, employees, everyone goes uncovered. Many times, I'm the only one in the whole store who wears a mask and I feel ashamed. Kind of like I should take it off. Um, I feel like the death toll is rising. My whole family has contracted COVID-19 and my grandma is permanently on oxygen due to it, yet I still feel ashamed. I get conflicted and I don't know if I'm wrong or if they're wrong. Then I think about my grandma on oxygen and I'll temporarily feel secure with my actions. But still, it's a psychological mindfuck. Sometimes I just want to say screw it and rip it off since no one cares. Um, I want to protect people, but other times I have moments where I don't, I don't care who dies or who gets sick. Me and my family included. I don't associate with any political party, but I feel I just can't trust either of them because they'll just be biased towards their own group. And I hate this. All right, Lorenzo. Well, I say, first off, worry about yourself. I mean, you said your whole family has contracted it. So, um, again, like we, we kind of don't know really what's going on. Um, I know you say you don't associate with any political party, which, which that's fine. Um, and like you said, it's kind of hard to trust what either side says sometimes because they'll basically do what's in the best interest of, you know, what they believe in. 
Um, but for the the fact that you're you have a personal connection to COVID, I mean, like your grandma's on oxygen because of it, that should that should be, I guess, motive enough for you to always wear your mask no matter what. Um, most people out here they're pretty they're pretty ignorant to everything. They don't wanna listen to everything, they wanna they wanna go back and forth with who's right instead of just I mean, it can't hurt anything to just wear a mask when you're out. I mean, you're not out all day with your mask on. If you're going into a store or something where there's gonna be a lot of people, it's not asking much for you to just have something covering your face for for the, what, 45 minutes <laughs> tops that you're probably in the store. It definitely, like I say, it hits home for you. It's kinda, it kinda sounds like you might be being affected by the pandemic or whatever just because you're saying sometimes you don't care if people get sick or who dies and things like that so that's definitely something to be worried about i would say if you can reach out to maybe a virtual therapist do that they'll help you talk through some of these things at the end of the day your whole family has gotten it your grandma is in kind of critical condition due to it so i say always kind of have that in the back of your mind um, as to why you're wearing a mask when you're out and then just do what's best for you and your family Like I know sometimes it's frustrating. You just feel like if nobody else cares, why should I care? But maybe at that point, maybe just by you having a mask on maybe that would encourage them or Make them feel like oh, I'm the one that should feel ashamed since I don't have a mask on um, Be that example It's okay if you stand out but again, some people do think it's fake, but all you can do is protect you and your family and try not to, I guess, sink into that sinkhole of like not caring if people die or get sick because that's kind of, that's kind of not safe for anybody. So I would say reach out to a therapist and maybe see if they can help you talk through some of those psychological feelings and some some of those actions that come after it all right question number three question number three comes from anonymous so anonymous says my 21 year old son just came out as gay to his mother and i his mother supported him but i was very unresponsive I'm not going to lie, it was a crushing blow to my heart. I did not want to have a gay son. My son was always on the sensitive side, and I tried to always be tough on him to toughen him up. He says, I'm personally a tough man, and my father raised me to be tough, but I just can't wrap my head around having a son that's a gay. I wanted my son to be a manly man. As a father, I never imagined this scenario. Obviously, I don't agree with homosexuality, and I don't think it's right. Homosexuality is incompatible with real masculinity and therefore full male adulthood. And he also says, me having a gay son is, is an attack on my own masculinity. People are going to look at me as less of a man for having a gay son. And I did not want my son to be a sissy. I can't wrap my head around him having intercourse and being in a relationship with a man and not a woman. Knowing what two men do to each other is disgusting. I honestly feel like I failed as a father. 
I tried to raise him to be a man and he turned out gay. I feel like if I was more tough on him, this could have been prevented. And this is how I honestly feel. I'm sorry if I'm offending anyone, but how I was raised and the culture I'm a part of makes it extremely difficult to, for me to accept this. I'm just very disappointed. I don't know if I can have a relationship with my son now. I'm never going to feel comfortable comfortable around him again. I would like to get some advice on this difficult situation. Alright, so Anonymous. This one is a really tough one. Mainly because of the... Basically how each generation... Um, basically how they were raised. And kind of the constructs around masculinity the constructs around sexuality um gender as well is one of the main things i mean i i personally i had this conversation with my mom recently um but the thing about it is um sexuality and personality are two different things um it's, it's i'm curious to know how your son's sexuality is an attack to your masculinity. Um, I mean, you can be the toughest, tough man, you know, the toughest, tough guy or whatever. And so I don't understand how you can feel like what your son does or how he portrays himself um, is an attack on your masculinity. I guess that's kind of how the, you know, the generation before us was raised. I know a lot of people have a hard time understanding the difference between sexuality and gender. Um, and so for me, I just feel like sexuality is a spectrum. So, I mean, people can fall anywhere, basically anywhere on the spectrum and how they identify something totally different, such as you saying like he's less of a man. So... I guess maleness for some people is characterized as in love with a woman, wanting a family, different things like that, like taking care of the household, different things like that. And I just feel like everything cannot be tied in together because everything is kind of different. So like for someone saying that maybe a transgender saying that their sexuality is something totally different than how they feel gender wise so like that's just kind of what i think of um i definitely get that it's super tough to kind of rearrange how you think about these type of things and i definitely think like if you were to kind of look inside yourself and see like maybe how you raised him how that could have played a role in his growth and then also think about how why you're just now finding this out after he's already grown. He's already a grown adult. Um, it could be because you are close-minded to these things. You He can tell from you trying to be super tough on him and toughen him up that you wouldn't be, you wouldn't be open to how he felt and who he was attracted to sexually. So, um, I'm, I mean, he could still definitely identify as a man which that's that's basically all that all that gender is is how someone feels um if they're more you know 
if they're more into would they feel more comfortable wearing a skirt or a dress or wearing pants and boots or something so that's basically kind of how you would characterize like gender and then sexuality of course is a spectrum so you can fall anywhere between there being only attracted to men or only attracted to women but still still looking at men or still looking at women and thinking like oh they're beautiful but that doesn't you know it doesn't make you gay or it doesn't make you you know it's just a lot of confusion around it and so I just feel like no matter what you teach a child they will always grow and be whatever and whoever they want and kind of do whatever they want regardless of your teaching it's just up to you to make it a safe space for them to come to you with open dialogue and I think that's where you failed as a parent um is being there and being able to be open with your son and not be so judgmental. I would definitely say the name calling, things like that, is definitely unnecessary, uncalled for. Um, your love for your child should always be unconditional no matter what. Um, even if they don't share the same beliefs as you or they don't do the things that you want them to do, then that love should always be unconditional. The fact that you feel like you cannot love your son or be acquainted with him anymore it's kind of discouraging um a lot of people need to realize that you definitely don't have to agree with how people feel or the choices that they make but you should never you should never i guess depending on the relationship it shouldn't it shouldn't be a determining factor and then again um my last point is like what is your hate towards homosexuality say about you um i think you should definitely take time um think about these things your generation kind of like you say your dad raised you to be tough but are you being true to yourself or are you just being who you felt like your dad wanted you to be and that's that's pretty much how your generation thinks about things especially when it comes to homosexuality and transsexuals and things like that um transgender different um people who who identify with these things your your um generation was raised to kind of look down upon these people and condemn them for their actions so i definitely say take time to think about that and think about the love you have for your son if it's unconditional like that's that's number one or Will you even try to understand who he is and, I don't know, maybe reshape your thinking and kind of pick his brain about why he feels this way, how he feels this way, and kind of what, what made him, you know, choose that route, I guess, for, for your sake of saying things. But definitely take time um, and ponder on some of these points. Alright, question number four comes from Spencer. He's, his email says, Hey Tish, I need your help. Sounds silly, even stupid, but I don't think I've ever gotten over my high school sweetheart. She was my last relationship I've ever had since senior year, and now I'm 24. She's been getting in contact with me recently, and super randomly as well. I just don't know if she's messing around with me or what. 
she's still super flirty and sends me sexy snaps and stuff like that. But then every time I see her, she talks about her boyfriend and what they're up to. I look at her social media. However, I see nothing about a boyfriend at all, which is so odd because when we are together, all she wanted to do was take pictures and let everyone online know that we were together. I know she could have changed and not everyone has to show relationship status online, but it's not just like, it's not like her to not share every everything with everyone. She just asked me today if I wanted to go with go for a ride and she talked about a few personal things with me during the few hour ride. And then at the end, she just said, see you later. What should I do? All right, so Spencer, I mean, to me, it doesn't sound like she's super serious about rekindling anything with you. She probably knows that she has like a pull over you. Um, obviously you say you feel like you still in, you're still in love with her after like six years. I just feel like she's kind of playing mind games with you. She's saying that she has this boyfriend and kind of, you know, hinting about him every time you guys are together. Um, but there's like no real proof that she has a boyfriend and it's kind of weird. Cause I feel like if she did have a boyfriend, he probably wouldn't just allow her to always be hanging out with you. And openly like posting you, posting you on like her social media. So I feel like she could kind of just be playing mind games with you. I say maybe she's trying to rekindle a friendship, but as far as relationship wise, I probably wouldn't, I probably wouldn't put, you know, get my hopes up about it. I mean, it looks like you're playing the guessing game. So I would definitely say just ask her. Um, encourage her to have an open dialogue with you about it and kind of where you guys are in life, what she's trying to do, if she wants to rekindle something romantically or if she just wants to be friends. Um, cause she could just be using you for company, um, or she could be giving you another shot. You just never know. I mean, basically from her energy, it just shows me that she's not really that serious romantically, but she could be trying to build a friendship with you. Um, but just ask and be upfront about it. Um, you guys are 24. I'm guessing you guys are probably the same age. It's no point in beating around the bush at this point. I'm sure you, you might want to start a family soon or something like that. You never know, but just ask and be, be ready for both outcomes. If she wants to just be friends or if she wants to, you know, kind of explore something romantically again, just be ready for both outcomes. Um, and make sure you're okay with it. All right. Let's say we have question number five coming from Miss Gabby. All right. So in Gabby's email, she says, at what point do I give up on my best on my friendship with my best friend? She says, I'll try to keep it short because I tend to babble. But this year has been a pretty rough year for me, um, considering the state of the world, but mostly because I've been processing a lot of childhood trauma and have had to let go of some family members and friends. It's been incredibly painful and gets me pretty depressed sometimes, but I know it's been long overdue. I had a daughter two years ago and she's changed everything for me. So I'm just doing my best to improve myself for her and set an example. 
I don't want to get into all that, but but mainly I need best friend. I need advice on my best friend who I'll call L. So L has a son about a year older than my daughter, and they are each of our oh, they're each other's first friend. L and I reconnected a couple years ago. We have bonded through motherhood um since we both had our children young and we understand each other pretty well. It's been really nice. Elle separated from her fiance right before all this COVID stuff and was pretty distant for about a month or two. I knew it wasn't personal and she was busy like moving back into her mom's house, dealing with her ex. Um, and so we were both holding back a lot on getting together with the kids because we were worried about getting sick from COVID, things like that. We used to text every day but that cut to once a week after her separation. Again, I stayed pretty understanding for the month or two that we hardly talked. When she settled back home with her mom and worked out a schedule with her fiance to keep their son, we started to talk more. And she came over a couple times for a play date. I was happy to be close to back to normal because I really missed her and my daughter hardly had interaction with other people. As of now, though, we don't talk unless I text her. When she does text back, every reply is hours later. And she does still work a few days a week. Um, I don't work, so I'm always free. So I normally ask her to let me know when she's free to hang out. Um, she tells me that she'll let me know when she's free, but she never responds back. Sometimes she'll ignore my text. Um, so I'm checking when I'm checking in to see how she's doing. What should I do? All right, Gabby. I definitely first I want to say I commend you for, you know, dealing with your childhood trauma, um, healing from some of those things. I myself have also been kind of, you know, digging deep into some of the things from my childhood that affect me um, and still affect me today. So I think that's pretty huge. That's definitely a big deal. Um, you're saying that. Your best friend broke up with her fiance right before COVID hit the U.S. or whatever. And you're saying like you gave her two months to recover and things have not gotten back to normal. I would definitely say giving her a time limit on her healing is not cool as a friend. Like if that was her fiance, obviously they, they had a child together. They were thinking about getting married. That's pretty, that's pretty deep stuff. And so, you know, breaking up and then there's a pandemic. So your life is just kind of changing. That's definitely, you know, she definitely will probably need more than two months, <laughs> maybe more than six months or maybe more than a year. You just never know. And it's up to you as her best friend to definitely just be in her corner regardless. I would encourage you to realize that there's different types of friends. So how people act in their friendships and things like that. Like I know you say before when before the pandemic, before she broke up with her fiance, you guys are talking every day and, you know, kind of just hanging out whenever. But when her world kind of flips upside down, then things will definitely change for a little bit. I see. I can tell like you're kind of that in your face friend. Um, you always want to hang out, always want to talk and things like that. And you have to realize that maybe Elle, especially while she's going through something and trying to heal, um, she's probably not so interested in, in just, you know, texting you every day and, you know, 
really trying to hook up a lot because of everything that's going on. Um, you have to realize that we are in the middle of a pandemic. Everybody reacts differently. And life as she knew it has also changed as well. Um, especially with her having a kid. You guys are super young. Um, you have to be okay with her needing space right now. And then, like you said, too, she also still works during the pandemic. So that's a whole different thing for essential workers who are having to go out in the world, kind of risk their life every day. And then she's having to think about bringing that home to her child. I mean, to me, it seems like she's being a better friend by not wanting to come over all the time since you and your child aren't really getting out that much. Like I said, just give her time to heal from all that all that she went through before the pandemic hit and then adjusting to her new life as the pandemic is still going on communicate and definitely be be there for her um just be a friend to her there's different things you probably didn't think about such as child care protecting protecting her family and yours and then also healing from the breakup and then a lot of people don't realize that Friendships are just the same as a romantic relationship, except in a sense you're not, you know, you're not sexually active probably with someone that's just your friend. But sometimes in a relationship, you have to be that person that's giving, giving 90% while the other person can only give 10 right now. And then when your when your time comes and you might be going through something, you'd expect for her to be there for you and giving you that 90% while you can only give 10. So it's kind of a give and take, um, give and take in any relationship, including friendships. Um, definitely, I would encourage you to communicate your feelings. Maybe when you guys hook up and you're in person and things are kind of picking back up, you can communicate how it made you feel. Um, you definitely want to be true to yourself, but you definitely want to be mindful that she did have a lot going on and probably still has a lot going on and just be there to check on her and give her that space to, to be able to come to you. All right. Question number six. Question number six comes from Mia. And Mia says, My boyfriend and I have been dating for more than a year and a half. I have met his family and I live with them for a few months. But he told me that he wasn't he doesn't want me to meet his friends when I told him that I like to. I asked him I asked him if his friends knew he had a girlfriend and he told me yes. But he talks about he talks to a bunch of females who he doesn't want to tell me about. He says he wants to keep his relationship relationship private from them. He admitted to going to girls to girls Facebook profiles and reacting to their photos with an angry face. And I told him that it looks like he's flirting with them since he won't do the same thing to his male friends. But he insists that if he did it to his male friends, then they would think he is interested in them. But he simultaneously says he is not flirting with the girlfriends. Um, I asked him to stop keeping me a secret from his female friends and to stop treating his female friends differently than his male friends. But he told me that I'm just trying to change his personality 
and that he thinks I'm trying to mold him into a different person. Is it wrong for me to ask him to stop talking to the girls without telling them he has a girlfriend? If he didn't act different with his female friends um, than how he acts with his male friends, then I wouldn't be feeling disrespected. What do you think? Alrighty, so Mia, I definitely think he's being super disrespectful. I mean, like he, I mean, he said it himself that if he was to act, react with an angry face on his male friend's profile, they would think he was interested in them. So why wouldn't his female friends think the same thing? I would say my first thought is that he's cheating or he has other girls that he's possibly talking to. Um, you're definitely the main girl. You met the family. You live with the family. So, I mean, you're definitely his girlfriend in some sense, but I guess he doesn't want to go public with it. He might still be entertaining these other girls. Just from his behavior, it's super disrespectful. I do think it's wrong for you to delegate who his friends are, um, but it's definitely wrong for him to disregard how you feel. To me, it just doesn't make sense. Seems like something's not really adding up in his actions. He would, you know, just his reactions to different things. He doesn't want you to meet these friends. A lot of them don't know about you. Um which is kind of kind of weird. I guess in this time with the pandemic and everything, it's kind of easy for you not to be able to meet his friends. Um, but you guys have been dating for uh, more than a year and a half. So at some point, <laughs> you should have kind of crossed paths with his friends. Um, but since he's kind of keeping your secret, there's clearly a motive behind it and a reason why he's hiding you. Um, it's up to you to decide if you can handle being a secret um, and if he can set clear if you can set clear boundaries that he will abide by. It's really up to it's really up to you to set those standards. Um, I don't know how good the relationship is, but if it's really worth it to you, I would say just be upfront, set some boundaries and say this is what needs to happen before we can move forward. It's no point in keep going on and you don't feel you don't feel secure in a relationship all right um question number seven comes from bianca all right so bianca says me and my boyfriend have been together for one and a half years and recently we moved in together last night we were randomly talking and somehow he told me he has given some thought about long-term commitment with me, such as marriage, kids, having a family, um, but he feels scared about it. Um, he feels scared he may change his mind in the future. Um, the thought of being with me forever stresses him out, and he doesn't know what he wants yet. To clarify, I never said I want to get married or anything like that. He's completely thinking about these things on his own terms, with no pressure from anyone. Um, Bianca says, I don't expect the ring, but when I hear that he's scared, stressed, unsure, I still feel upset about it. I don't know how to process the info. Is it a normal jitter or is it a concern? He said he's opening up his feelings and asked me not to overthink it. And he doesn't mean what I think he means. He wants to live with me. He loves me. What? But why do I feel like he's going to break up? 
um, break up with me. Not now, but eventually when he realizes this is not what he wants. Have you had a similar experience in a relationship? How did you manage and what happened later? So, Bianca, I will say I have not had a similar situation or similar... I guess I, I've had a similar experience, but not... I guess yours is a little bit deeper, I guess, in a sense. So, um, for instance, in my situation, I was with a person who actually stressed that they really really wanted the long-term commitment the marriage the family the kids and then they did break up with me randomly so I guess I'm on the other side of things at least he's kind of coming to you expressing that he's scared about it um I definitely get your fear I understand your fear of kind of just like the unknown now that he's told you that he's really He's really scared and fearful that he will change his mind in the future. I feel like it's a natural reaction and then it is a scary reaction on your side. The fact that he's thinking long term without being pressured is a good thing. Um, for him, it could just be hard to think positive about everything. If he hasn't had any, basically any positive marriage role models in his past. Like from the family side, if he's had like divorced parents or you know everyone ends up getting divorced it could be hard for him to see the positive side of it or see you know have any role models that have had great marriages but it's up to him to choose you daily um there's a saying like in in a relationship you have to choose each other you have to choose to love each other every day um as opposed to just it's not just going to come and it's going to stay forever. You have to work at it. You have to work at staying in love. And two people have to both be, you have to both choose the commitment. It can't be one person feeling like, oh, I'm I'm ready to commit. Um, and it's definitely natural to overthink um, the unknown. I would just say, be open, express your feelings, ask questions. Ask him all the questions you need. Like he says, he's trying to be open and listen to understand. And you have to be open as well. I think it's definitely normal. If you haven't thought about that long-term commitment, then maybe ask yourself why. If you're in a relationship for for a long time, I mean, some people want some type of commitment. Some people don't value commitment. And so you guys just have to always have that open dialogue and make sure that everyone's getting what they want out of this situation. Um, the relationship because that's what matters the most all right question number eight or email number eight comes from anthony all right so anthony says dear tish i'm thinking about starting a podcast of my own and i wanted to ask you what made you start podcasting Whew, that's a good one all right so Anthony, for the most part, I was just in the middle of trying to figure out what I'm passionate about. Um, of course, I have my regular nine to five job that I actually love. Um, but just thinking about something that I have a passion for. I love to listen to podcasts. So 
I just kind of thought about, of course, I didn't go to school for therapy or for anything like that. Well, like counseling or therapy or anything, but I'm always willing to share a different perspective since I was, I don't know, probably since I was in high school, like all of my friends always came to me for advice for things. And I just felt like that was something that I always enjoyed doing. I mean, just kind of that dialogue, um, me learning from my friends, from their perspective, and then being able to share my knowledge and share the things that I've learned from experience with other people to kind of help them get through difficult times or give them advice on just, you know, things that I've experienced. So kind of just feeling like, I can bring my passion and my purpose together. I don't know if this is my purpose or not to be to be a podcaster, but I feel like at this time it's something that makes me feel good and I want to be able to reach out and help people, you know, not from like a judgmental way or like a know-it-all way, but just um, being able to help in any way I can. And I also have a strong opinion most of the time about everything or I can figure out (laughs) how I feel so that's pretty much why I started to podcast I would love for people to share their you know their feedback with me um things they feel like I can change or become better on I'm really open to those things um I, I love to you know learn gain knowledge on things that I don't know about and so I'm always open to that as well and that will be it, Anthony. That I hope that answers your question. And I encourage you to start your podcast. Um, make sure it's something that you're passionate about, whether it be sports or, you know, anything. You can talk about whatever you want, basically, when you podcast. So just make sure it's something that you enjoy and something that makes you feel good. All right, y'all. That wraps up the questions for today. And... At the end of the day, only you can change your mindset. All right. So don't forget to subscribe and share my podcast. Send your questions to talkingwithtish at gmail.com. And that's T-A-L-K-I-N-W-I-T-H-T-I-S-H at gmail.com. Um, follow the podcast on Instagram and Twitter. I haven't even made any tweets yet, <laughs> but follow me on Twitter at Talking With Tish. Um, and I hope you guys have a great week and we'll see y'all next week.